Chapter Ten of More New Arabian Nights: The Dynamiter by Robert Louis Stevenson and Fanny Vandegrift Stevenson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Ten: Desborough's Adventure, The Brown Box. Mr. Harry Desborough, lodged in the fine and grave old quarter of Bloomsbury, roared about on every side by the high tides of London but itself rejoicing in romantic silences and city peace it was in queen square that he had pitched his tent next door to the children's hospital on your left hand as you go north queen square sacred to humane and liberal arts whence homes were made beautiful where the poor were taught where the sparrows were plentiful and loud and where groups of patient little ones would hover all day long before the hospital if by chance they might kiss their hand or speak a word to their sick brother at the window desborough's room was on the first floor and fronted to the square but he enjoyed besides a right by which he often profited to sit and smoke upon a terrace at the back which looked down upon a fine forest of back gardens and was in turn commanded by the windows of an empty room on the afternoon of a warm day desborough sauntered forth upon his terrace somewhat out of hope and heart for he had been now some weeks in the vain quest of situations and prepared for melancholy and tobacco here at least he told himself that he would be alone for like most youths who are neither rich nor witty nor successful he rather shunned than courted the society of other men even as he expressed the thought his eye alighted on the window of the room that looked upon the terrace and to his surprise and annoyance he beheld it curtained with a silken hanging it was his luck he thought his privacy was gone he could no longer brood and sigh unwatched he could no longer suffer his discouragement to find a vent in words or soothe himself with sentimental whistling and in the irritation of the moment he struck his pipe upon the rail with unnecessary force it was an old sweet seasoned briar root glossy and dark with long employment and justly dear to his fancy what then was his chagrin when the head snapped from the stem leaped airily into space and fell and disappeared among the lilacs of the garden he threw himself savagely into the garden chair pulled out the story paper which he had brought with him to read tore off a fragment of the last sheet which contains only the answers to correspondence and set himself to roll a cigarette he was no master of the art again and again the paper broke between his fingers and the tobacco showered upon the ground and he was already on the point of angry resignation when the window swung slowly inward the silk curtain was thrust aside and a lady somewhat strangely attired stepped forth upon the terrace senorito said she and there was a rich thrill in her voice like an organ-note senorito you are in difficulties suffer me to come to your assistance with the words she took the paper and tobacco from his unresisting hands and with a facility that in desborough's eyes seemed magical rolled and presented him a cigarette he took it still seated still without a word staring with all his eyes upon that apparition her face was warm and rich in colour in shape it was that piquant triangle so innocently sly so saucily attractive so rare in our more northern climates her eyes were large starry and visited by changing lights her hair was partly covered by a lace mantilla through which her arms bare to the shoulder gleamed white her figure full and soft in all the womanly contours was yet alive and active light with the excess of life and slender by grace of some divine proportion 
you do not like my cigarito senor she asked yet it is better made than yours at that she laughed and her laughter trilled in his ear like music but the next moment her face fell i see she cried it is my manner that repels you i am too constrained too cold i am not she added with a more engaging air i am not the simple english maiden i appear oh murmured harry filled with inexpressible thoughts in my own dear land she pursued things are differently ordered there i must own a girl is bound by many and rigorous restrictions little is permitted her she learns to be distant she learns to appear forbidding but here in free england oh glorious liberty she cried and threw up her arms with a gesture of inimitable grace here there are no fetters here the woman may dare to be herself entirely and the men the chivalrous men is it not written on the very shield of your nation oni soit ah it is hard for me to learn hard for me to dare to be myself you must not judge me yet awhile i shall end by conquering this stiffness i shall end by growing english do i speak the language well perfectly oh perfectly said harry with a fervency of conviction worthy of a graver subject ah then she cried i shall soon learn english blood ran in my father's veins and i have had the advantage of some training in your expressive tongue if i speak already without accent with my thorough english appearance there is nothing left to change except my manners oh no said desborough oh pray not i madam i am interrupted the lady the senorita teresa valdevia the evening air grows chill adios senorito and before harry could stammer out a word she had disappeared into her room he stood transfixed the cigarette still unlighted in his hand his thoughts had soared above tobacco and still recalled and beautified the image of his new acquaintance her voice re-echoed in his memory her eyes of which he could not tell the colour haunted his soul the clouds had risen at her coming and he beheld a new created world what she was he could not fancy but he adored her her age he durst not estimate fearing to find her older than himself and thinking sacrilege to couple that fair favour with the thought of mortal changes as for her character beauty to the young is always good so the poor lad lingered late upon the terrace stealing timid glances at the curtained window sighing to the gold laburnums wrapped into the country of romance and when at length he entered and sat down to dine on cold boiled mutton on a pint of ale he feasted on the food of gods next day when he returned to the terrace the window was a little ajar and he enjoyed a view of the lady's shoulder as she sat patiently sewing and all unconscious of his presence on the next he had scarce appeared when the window opened and the senorita tripped forth into the sunlight in a morning disorder delicately neat and yet somehow foreign tropical and strange in one hand she held a packet will you try she said some of my father's tobacco from dear cuba there as i suppose you know all smoke ladies as well as gentlemen so you need not fear to annoy me the fragrance will remind me of my home my home senor was by the sea and as she uttered these few words desborough for the first time in his life realized the poetry of the great deep awake or asleep i dream of it dear home dear cuba but some day said desborough with an inward pang some day you will return never she cried ah never in heaven's name 
are you then resident for life in england he inquired with a strange lightening of spirit you ask too much for you ask more than i know she answered sadly and then resuming her gaiety of manner but you have not tried my cuban tobacco she said senorita said he shyly abashed by some shadow of coquetry in her manner whatever comes to me you i mean he concluded deeply flushing that i have no doubt the tobacco is delightful ah senor she said with almost mournful gravity you seem so simple and good and already you are trying to pay compliments and besides she added brightening with a quick upward glance into a smile you do it so badly english gentlemen i used to hear could be fast friends respectful honest friends could be companions comforters if the need arose or champions and yet never encroach do not seek to please me by copying the graces of my countrymen be yourself the frank kindly honest english gentleman that i have heard of since my childhood and still long to meet harry much bewildered and far from clear as to the manners of the cuban gentleman strenuously disclaimed the thought of plagiarism your national seriousness of bearing best becomes you senor said the lady see marking a line with her dainty slippered foot thus far it shall be common ground there at my window-sill begins the scientific frontier if you choose you may drive me to my forts but if on the other hand we are to be real english friends i might join you here when i am not too sad or when i am yet more graciously inclined you may draw your chair beside the window and teach me english customs while i work you will find me an apt scholar for my heart is in the task she laid her hand lightly upon harry's arm and looked into his eyes do you know said she i am emboldened to believe that i have already caught something of your english aplomb do you not perceive a change senor slight perhaps but still a change is my deportment not more open more free more like that of the dear british miss than when you saw me first she gave a radiant smile withdrew her hand from harry's arm and before the young man could formulate in words the eloquent emotions that ran riot through his brain with an adios senor good-night my english friend she vanished from his sight behind the curtain the next day harry consumed an ounce of tobacco in vain upon the neutral terrace neither sight nor sound rewarded him and the dinner hour summoned him at length from the scene of disappointment on the next it rained but nothing neither business nor weather neither prospective poverty nor present hardship could now divert the young man from the service of his lady and wrapped in a long ulster with the collar raised he took his stand against the balustrade awaiting fortune the picture of damp and discomfort to the eye but glowing inwardly with tender and delightful ardours presently the window opened and the fair cuban with a smile imperfectly dissembled appeared upon the sill come here she said here beside my window the small veranda gives a belt of shelter and she graciously handed him a folding chair as he sat down visibly aglow with shyness and delight a certain bulkiness in his pocket reminded him that he was not come empty-handed i have taken the liberty said he of bringing you a little book i thought of you when i observed it on the stall because i saw it was in spanish the man assured me it was by one of the best authors and quite proper as he spoke he placed the little volume in her hand her eyes fell as she turned the pages and a flush rose and died again upon her cheeks as deep as it was fleeting you are angry he cried in agony i i have presumed no senor it is not that returned the lady 
i and a flood of colour once more mounted to her brow i am confused and ashamed because i have deceived you spanish she began and paused spanish is of course my native tongue she resumed as though suddenly taking courage and this should certainly put the highest value on your thoughtful present but alas sir of what use is it to me and how shall i confess to you the truth the humiliating truth that i cannot read as harry's eyes met hers in undisguised amazement the fair cuban seemed to shrink before his gaze read repeated harry you she pushed the window still more widely open with a large and noble gesture enter senor said she the time has come to which i have long looked forward not without alarm when i must either fear to lose your friendship or tell you without disguise the story of my life it was with a sentiment bordering on devotion that harry passed the window a semi-barbarous delight in form and colour had presided over the studied disorder of the room in which he found himself it was filled with dainty stuffs furs and rugs and scarves of brilliant hues and set with elegant and curious triflifons on the mantel-shelf an antique lamp upon a bracket and on the table a silver-mounted bowl of cocoa-nut about half full of unset jewels the fair cuban herself a gem of colour and the fit masterpiece for that rich frame motioned harry to a seat and sinking herself into another thus began her history End of chapter 10 Read by Don W. Jenkins Rancho San Diego, California Shaggybark.blogspot.com